Welcome to Reliability Leader, a podcast about how leaders make organizations that create reliable technology. Well, welcome to another episode. I'm here today with my good friend, Henry Chisney. Hi, Henry. Howdy, Adam. Good to see you, partner. It's really good to see you again, too. I know we love our conversations. People don't know that we talk all the time and have these fascinating yeah. conversations. And every so often, I'm smart enough to say, wait a minute, this is a podcast episode. So here we are. <laughs> That's great. It, it is true. Adam and I, we have a conversation, scheduled conversation every week and sometimes more often, right? The unscheduled type, but uh, yeah. um, it's been a, it's been a real gift to me over the years now to have Adam in my life like this. And I think it, you know, it's just fun. Well, thank it. you. Thank you so much. And me too. I'm, I'm so grateful we get a chance to uh, be friends and collaborate and uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, Henry is an executive consultant uh, to help executives advance their culture, advance their organizations, you know, and achieve their goals, um, and an expert in leadership and has a tremendous career uh, being uh, an executive in lots of different roles, primarily within the railroad industry, including um, going over and spending a good period of time in Brazil, helping them, um, you know, develop a part of their railroad but in doing so, of course, Henry has, you know, has tremendous experience observations with regard to the human, human elements of organizations and technical organizations. And there's something new he's been working on that I thought was really fascinating and I wanted to share with everybody. So Henry, why don't you share yeah, me, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, let me uh, jump off. First of all, my thinking and how I come to this, right, is this idea that First of all, a love of mine, and has been for a long, long time, is a love of the first-line worker, the blue-collar worker, the people that work with their mind, their body, their hands, their feet. They're actually out there in the world making the world um, function. Infrastructure, services, as you can imagine, railroads is all about that, right, where you're providing a service to folks. And so... I have this tremendous admiration for those people. I've done those jobs myself. I know what it calls forth in the individual to, to do it well. And, um, and then the next level of that is their first line supervision, the, first, the foreman, the supervisor, that, that beginning of being a leader that somebody in those crafts goes into and says many times they don't have college they probably have a high school degree and yet they have begun they understand the trade they understand what the function is to perform the service safely and efficiently and all that and now they say for one reason or another they've said yeah i'd like to consider being a leader in this game and usually the first leadership job is a foreman or a supervisor. And so I know when I made that decision, and I remember the guy asking me, uh, he asked me if I wanted to consider going into a management training program in the railroad. And I told him, no, I don't want to be anything like those leaders I work for right now. I, I don't want anything like that. Yeah. And 
Bruce told me, he says, Henry, you're right. There's a lot of challenges in the leadership in the railroad business, but the only way you're going to change it is you're going to change it within, from within as a leader. That's how you're going to change that if you really want to change that. And he knew you would take a challenge. That's why he picked you. And I jumped on that like a duck on a June bug, right? So that was the shift. All of a sudden, I went from, I just want to do my job, get fairly compensated, do a really good job of it, uh, to, okay, I'll take on responsibility for others doing their jobs. And And have a bigger impact, right? That's That's the attraction is that if you care about results, it's your chance to have an even bigger impact. Yeah, exactly. And so, so anyhow, lots of story to go with that. I'm not going to go into that story, but this, what I'm working on now is, okay, these people, those folks that are thinking about taking on that first leadership role are, are in that first leadership role where they've been in it for six months or where they've been in it for 15 years. How do they get training and development that speaks to the real key issues of leading a group of men and women who have what they want is they want a place where they can be productive and contribute and be appreciated. And they want to have some kind of security in that role where they don't feel like any moment the boss is going to fire me or I'm going to make a mistake. And that's going to be the end of that. My family won't have, I won't be able to meet the money I need for food and all that other stuff. So how, how do I get those first line supervisors where they're helping those employees, those workers be successful, get what they want and also help the company deliver on its commitments to its customers in terms of providing a service that they do safely and efficiently. And um, so that's, that's the rabbit hole I went down. It's like, how do I do that? And I said, there's got to be somebody out there doing that right now. There's got to be an app. There's got to be something. I, if any of the listeners to this know of a really quality app that addresses this with first line supervisors, I'd sure like to know about it because. Yeah. I'll make sure if somebody responds with that to get the info to you. So it's interesting too, you know, there's that, that thing too, that I've seen often is somebody is amazing at their job. So they get promoted and then effectively, as you're saying, abandoned as far as with this new skill set. And it's not the same skill set, right? They got promoted for doing their craft well. And then the assumption that you can just because you do a craft well, that you can manage other people doing the craft, it's it's not the same skill set by any means. I mean, you know, go and look at a go and look at a famous coach in most professional sporting teams. That coach was never a pro athlete in that in that field, right? It's an entirely different skill set being a great coach. And you'll also notice that a lot of, you know, of those pro athletes, they go on to do commercials and not coaching, right? And it's, right. it's not the same skill set. So to your point of a training, just because you see somebody has the potential in there, you know, really embracing it as a transition that needs support is a big deal. And, you know, even though we're talking about different industries, I see the same thing all the time. I see engineers, design engineers who are astounding. They're just amazing. Um, and they get promoted to managers and you know maybe they maybe they do have that potential to be a great manager but they aren't nurtured and they're left to struggle and figure it out on their own which is a hard process or you know they just simply got the position because they were a great designer and the assumption was that that carries over to help other designers and no matter how much training they got 
it, it, it won't get them there. And then they usually go back to being an engineer at some point because it doesn't work for them or, or you know, and or the company. Um, so even in addition to the training, the best select, you know, the selection process should be reevaluated. That's right. right. As to whether or not this truly is a candidate for it. And it's not just that because they do well at, at that one position that just because they're a good worker doesn't mean they'll be a good worker everywhere. So it's I think right. actually Malcolm Gladwell did a very interesting thing about this guy who had, he worked at, he was a barista at a coffee at a Starbucks and he worked at two different Starbucks um, just to get as many hours as he could. And in one, he was a huge success employee of the month. And the other one, he was a total failure. And it was the dynamics of the two stores brought out, you know, these great characteristics, or, you know, and his abilities and the other kind of suppressed it. And uh, so, you know, that's in the same job. So imagine in a different job, right, what it what it brings to the surface. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the whole kind of what's going on in my mind about how this could be used. I mean, it's one thing is to create it. The next thing is how would it be used? And I think about... If you, when I talk to my clients, invariably part of what I talk about and encourage them is that an important part of their leadership role in their company is to develop new leaders. And so that requires the selection and the development of those leaders. Just back to your point about selection is really important. And so um, my idea is, is you could have this this something that's available on your phone that's really an interactive education process where there's some information shared, probably through a video, and then there's a question that's asked, and based on how the person answers the question, it takes them to the next step. Whatever so it's almost more, more of a mentoring where the difference between a mentor and a teacher or an instructor is an instructor has a curriculum that they just you know give to you as constructed. A mentor is evaluating you individually and tailoring the information you're getting based on where you're at, what you need and where you wanna to get to. So you're saying effectively, this is more of a mentoring type of education tool. Uh, that no, is I think automated. that's what works, you know, for- Yeah, it does. You know, for especially people that, a lot of the folks that are doing, working with their hands and all, they didn't like school. They didn't like the other approach, right? Where they were just sitting in a classroom and being told stuff. The, it it needed more interaction where they could say something, answer, then they get feedback, where they're part of the process, not just a receiver of information. Yep. So that's what that's what I'm envisioning. And just imagine where you're the owner of a company and say you have 50 people working for you, 50 blue collar type workers. And you say, you let them know. It's like, we're looking at developing some new leaders, supervisors, foremen. And if you're interested, let me know because I got something for you. And yeah. then the yeah. ones that say they're interested, you give them a job to do, to yeah. Yeah. spend the next three months going through this course. And then it, when you completed that course, then you come talk to me again. And so it's like, the person who says they want to be a leader, it gives them a chance to invest their time and energy and effort into looking at, is this something I really want to do? Yeah. And if they do, and if pursued that, then you go to the next step. So I see. So there's three aspects to this so far, maybe more, because I'm just kind of counting as we're going along. 
the one you just mentioned, which is <clears throat> helping the person understand and evaluate themselves if this is something they want. And want is a big deal. It's very different than if you're capable of or talented. Yeah, that's right. you know. And then you're listing the, you know, the need of actually acknowledging trainings needed and not leaving them to haphazardly on their own, just try to extract information where needed or throw up a flag and have it be a much more constructed kind of education thing. And then it sounds like also there's an element of the leadership themselves getting a chance to, yes, they've spotted and, you know, you know, mark this person as a possibility, but to actually really evaluate them, you know, really a trial kind of thing. Um, so it sounds like there's those three major factors to this that are where the value is. And, and I think another plus for that, even if a person goes through that three months or does some of it, part of that development mentoring will be learning about the basics of business and they'll be a better employee on the other end of that even if they choose not to be a leader just because they understand more about the process of that particular business being how does it work how does it serve its customers what's the profit what is some things you would teach in there would be when you hear that you're doing a job and you're going to get $2 million, the company's going to get $2 million for that job. If you don't understand, there's all these other costs that got to be covered in the company. You think, well, man, the owners are just getting fat cats all the time on this stuff. They're not right. sharing fairly. And so you, you allow people to get more mature in their understanding of what the business is about. And they'll be a better employee at it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just anybody, even without promotion, if they understand what they're serving, they can serve it better, right? They can begin to, you know, it's always, you know, they always say, don't just come to your leaders with questions, come with question and possible answers, right? And the only way you can come up with possible answers is if you understand what they would, how they are going to receive the question and what constraints or capabilities they have to address it. So that's kind of interesting too. So now we've almost expanded this tool to being not just people who have been picked or, or marked for leadership, but really anybody so that they understand what the people above them are doing. So there's another value to it. And kind of also by doing that, it casts a wider net to see candidates, right? That's because right. you're just kind of counting on the leaders having enough time to really evaluate everybody. I mean, that's a whole other task, right? And they're busy right. doing their job and you're kind of counting in them just happening or... It's just a matter of when they need it all of a sudden picking somebody as opposed to having marked somebody a couple months earlier who was a better candidate. So now with this also is kind of an ongoing, you know, uh, function in the system, you're kind of always screening people and you're always possibly, you know, you're flagging possible candidates, whether they're needed or not at that time. And then when they are needed, they're going to be, you know, developed and farther along to know, answer a lot of those questions that were out there. It's... You know, one of the things that happens in organizations is the extroverts many times get noticed and the introverts don't get noticed as much. And yet there's those folks, there's all kinds of different kinds of personalities. And I don't think there's a particular personality that's necessary to be a great leader. It's just your style of leadership would be a little different with your personality. And it gives, it gives that opportunity for those folks to start to self-select by taking advantage of something like this if it's offered by the company. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that that it's there, knowing that they're looking for it and raising your hand too, because most people don't even think to to raise their hands on that. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm uh 
it's uh, it really hooked me when I started thinking about this. It was one of my another friend of mine who runs a big thousand person remanufacturing facility. And he said, we need better training for the first line supervisors, for the people managing the people that are physically doing the work, because what we sell is we sell labor hours. And these are highly qualified, competent people to do that. So that got me going down the path. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, Henry, thank you so much for sharing that. That was so interesting. And then, you know, hopefully it was good for you to share it too and kind of get a chance to have more conversation on it. But yeah, I see that as being such a valuable thing that'll serve an organization so well because developing people and especially nowadays, right, with the great resignation and people having such a hard time filling roles and, um, you know, it's, and it's not, it's all levels of, it. you know, people's, you need people with a master's in engineering and you can't find them. You need somebody yep. who's a technician, you can't find them. You know, the coffee places I see have random hours now because they just can't simply get people. So the idea of investing in the people you have and developing them and really taking time to evaluate um, is a really big deal and would have a tremendous return. So thank yeah. you for sharing that idea with us. You bet. Thanks for having me here today. And I look forward to our next conversation too. We'll yes. Just- yes. And to everybody out there, as we said, uh, please, please, you know, reach out and share um, anything that, you know, you've experienced in this. And if you know of any, any existing programs that are like this or, you know, functions in organizations that are tailored to this, we would love to know. And I'll make sure Henry gets the information. Sounds great. I appreciate it, Adam. You take care my friend. You too. All right, everybody take care.